What if I told you that your addiction is a gift to you? What if I told you that the addiction of your loved one, alcoholism or any other form of addiction, is a gift to him or her and it's a gift to the family? of loved ones. Maybe you'd think I'm totally crazy and it would seem as if I'm crazy. But for a moment just pause and think through this next question. How would your life be different if you as an addict with one or more addictions, had to accept and see that your addiction is a gift to you. How different would you react? How different would you think about yourself? How differently would you think about others? How differently would you think about God? Then, how willing will you be to explore that gift? Where that gift came from? Where that gift started? Where did it originate? And why do you have that gift, but other people don't have that gift? And for the family members, the same questions. Where did that gift come from? Why did that gift come into this family, your family? What is the meaning of that gift? What is that gift saying to you as a family, as loved ones? What is what gift? What is that? What is that gift saying personally to you about your relationship with the one who has the addiction? Have your eyes gone open? Have you saw started seeing life in another? from another angle? Have you been through despair and have to seek a spiritual path or go into therapy for yourself? Have you had to look back into your childhood? Have you had to look back at yourself? Why did you marry this person who has an addiction? How, how come you were vulnerable? How come you have put up with it so long? What does that mean? Why? Why is it this a gift to you? In what way is it a gift to your marriage? In what way is it a gift to your family? Where did this gift start? Where was, where was the first time you invited that gift into your life? Or into the lives of your family? These are all questions that will be very uncomfortable for most of us to face. But it is about the actual core origins of an addiction. And the core origins of co-addiction. So co-addiction is a more strongly termed word for codependency. So co-addiction is when you have an addict in the family and 
you're sort of giving, you're getting out something of that. It's benefiting you in a strange way. They're dependent on you. You're having to care for them. They, they, um, they, they, they're giving something to you by means of a gift. And you feel meaningful. Your life is meaningful. You don't know it, but your life is meaningful because you actually have been brought into a co-addicted relationship or a relationship that has elements of addiction in it, almost the same as the addict has. Because when that person is pulled away from you, when they go into therapy and they get well, they stop drinking, they stop using, there's a vacuum, there's an emptiness. Because you've depend, it's become part of your life to have an addict in your life, in your family, where you can help them, you can feed them, you can rescue them, you can give them money, you can try and control them, you're helping to control them, to maintain their life. That's what a co-addiction is. So the question is, when did it start? Where did it start? And in many cases, what I'm trying to explore about the core of addiction is for us to look back into our childhoods. What, what were some of the triggers, the early things we learnt, the messages we got from our parents or didn't get from our parents? In, I, in, in my case, I didn't, I didn't get a very strong message that I am important. That I have a voice, that I could feel life as I could trust. Because when I was began to be conscious, I can just remember as I look back, I was very solitary, played on my own, I was happy in my own. I didn't know how to interact with other children. Um, they went to parties and they were always happy. I remember clearly always staying on the periphery. And uh, the bottom line is mom and dad had... Each had alcoholism. They had, they had an addiction to alcohol. And that affected our whole family. For example, something we never talked about. It was always kept quiet. Um, there was no affection between my mother and my father that we could ever, I remember. There was no affection between my father and I. He never touched any of us. He never showed us. He never hugged us. He never, uh, he, he really never kissed us on the cheek. Um, not that, that fixes everything. Or that's, I know of another alcoholic uh, father who would constantly, he would, he would kiss his children on the cheeks and the daughters, his sons, ex except anybody who came into the family. But for me, it gave me a gap in my, in my soul. I felt not important. I felt not connected to the family. I didn't even feel connected to my brothers who were much older than I am. <clears throat> they used to fight in that. But I'm trying to show you um, eventually some of the reasons, some of the, some of the, the place that I started getting, I, I, I started a gift evolving in my life. The gift had to be unraveled much later in my life. That I was also developing an addiction, a secret life, a secret something, which eventually turned into a, 
an addiction, set of addictions, which affected me for many, many years and grew and grew in different, different ways. So why is it a gift? The gift is that I had to, as I explored and went to the root cause, I also understood my mom and dad's disease of alcoholism. I, understand it, I understood their addiction. I understood the gift that they had and they passed it on to the family so that we could deal with our childhood dramas, we could deal with life and, and we can absorb the richness of life. We could see the richness of life. We could see into our soul and know that we are not complete without us knowing ourselves, without fully knowing another human being and without us knowing our Creator, our God. So the gift of our wounding, the gift of our, our, our pain, the gift of our addictions, the gift of our desperation, or our depression, our deep anxiety, I believe is, is rooted in our childhood and unmet needs in our childhood. Frustrated needs, partially unmet needs. And those in the process of recovery and therapy, they need to be given a name. Given a name for those feelings, those experiences. One has to find them. That's the first thing. The second thing is you have to give them a name. You have to say it was pain of uh, rejection, a pain of coldness in the family, a, a pain that made me feel abandoned, a pain that made me feel unimportant, a pain, a pain that made me feel insignificant and alone, that isolated me. Those are the words I have to get for myself, a vocabulary of words that say where I was and what I was experiencing as a child and right into my teenage years and even beyond the teenage years, that isolation, I would easily go back into isolation and feel comfortable there. I feel completely alone, but I was comfortable there. So, you have to find this, you have to discover it, the first step. The second step is you need to give it some names. Pick up those names of the experiences that you went through. Then the third thing that we need to do is we need to feel them. We have to re-feel them. Because we felt them very deeply as children. We felt these gaps, these painful things that happened. We felt this gift in our early childhood or throughout our childhood. If we were abused, if we were physically abused or emotionally abused or emotionally neglected or hurt by somebody or put aside or bullied or made to be a second rate compared to another brother or sister. So we were put down. We have to feel that. And it might be through a journal or talking and talking and talking. But talking is not enough. We have to feel it. We have to feel into the core of our being what actually happened there. And that's a frightening, frightening place. It's a scary place because it's a place of great pain. 
And we need to help each other to, to hold people. Whether it's in a group of people, whether it's, um, whether it's with a therapist, or, or in a, a, group that, a group therapy, or in a clinic, uh, some community system, where people can hold me while I'm, I'm discovering this pain. I'm facing my pain. I'm re-feeling that pain. I'm thinking of the work of of Yarnov. He spoke about the primal pain. And it's re-feeling that primal pain. That's his work that he did. His work was based on that for, for childhood, opening childhood trauma and helping people process the trauma that they had in childhood. So... To review, we need to find it, we need to express it, give it a name, we need to feel it again and again. That's where art therapy comes in, that's why group therapy comes in. We feel other people's pain, we associate it with it, we see that we got this pain, we never knew we had that pain, or those feelings, or those experiences. We didn't realize how they affected us. And then, what's the next phase? Acceptance, embracing it, that gift, because that gift is going to liberate us from our childhood trauma, our childhood dramas. Accepting it, learning to embrace it, embracing that gift. Seeing it as a gift because it will leave you, it will not leave you unchanged, it will change your life. If you embrace that gift, because your life, your relationship with your life will, self will change, your, your relationship with others will change, with your loved ones will change. And then maybe the, the fifth thing that's going to happen, the next step is, is a sense of, of liberation and, and a, a sense of healing, the final stages of healing and wholeness. Um, to the point that you can actually reach out to others and give to them and be a gift to them and help them discover their gifts. Because I've come through the 12-step movement in many, many ways. My first experience was in 1993 and where I realized I was an adult child of an alcoholic home and I started going to groups and started processing things and that... Uh, reverberated in my life in, into all the other different 12-step groups that I was involved in for many years and still am. So those processes, that time of coming through and sharing these things and feeling them in a group and with a sponsor, with someone privately, you're sharing the very deepest things. But then there's a time when you get the courage to share that same story you've shared with someone privately, your, your sponsor, and you get challenged to share it in the group. And you share it in the group and you give other people your gift. You give them access to your gift. And as you give that gift to others, they receive your gift. And then they are helped eventually to give, get in touch with their gift and then give their gift. To other people. So in the 12-step movement, the 12-step is about sharing 
what you've received, your spiritual awakening, your spiritual awareness, sharing that with others that have gone through enormous pain. Or they've tried to medicate that pain. They've tried to hide it away. They've tried to pretend they, they, they are someone who they're not. They've tried to talk it away. They've tried to say, but, well, I only had a bit of a difficulty at, 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 at school at that age. Or I just didn't adapt very well. Or, uh, yes, mom shouted at me uh, the wrong day. Or dad was just angry with me. Or, so we minimize those things. We don't see the connectedness of what we experienced as children as we evolved into pre-adolescence and eventually into adolescence. And then obviously was the first evidence of how, usually that's the first evidence of our maladaptive behavior, of when the wheels start, start coming unstuck. People get into drugs. They get into a promiscuous sex. They, try, they lose themselves in a relationship. They've got no boundaries. They don't know where to go. They get depressed. They get suicidal. Others get manic and, and they lose control of their lives. It's not all because of depressions or it's not all because of addictions. Um, there are some that are bi bi biochemical. There are some that are DNA related. But in terms of nurture and nature, there's a lot of things that happen in our nurturance phase in life which has not related to our to nature and what we are born with. It's the way we grew up with little things and the way our needs weren't met and they weren't met. So I just want to leave you with these first the few, few thoughts about seeing addiction, your addiction, your set of addictions, your problems, your deeper problems, your, where your depression started. Seeing it as a gift a gift of recovery, a gift of change, a gift of metamorphosis, a gift of transformation. And the quicker you get through the process and can embrace this gift, even, like, even though it's like a, a porcupine, it bristles, and the, the, the bristles are going to stab you. Or, or it's one of these, um, these fish, jellyfish types that are very spiky, but they are very toxic. And you have to hold on to it. You have to get spiked. You have to bleed. You have to get toxin in from, from that, um, I think in Afrikaans they call it the blast opi. So I'm leaving you with strange thoughts maybe. Maybe they're not so new, but they came to me quite fresh uh, a few minutes ago. And I thought, let me just document this. Um, so the person that I spoke of, I think it's, his name is... Uh, Arthur Yarnoff, who one of the books he wrote was The Primal Scream. The Primal Scream. So what he did with people, he had these laboratories and experiences where he helped people just to scream, let out their, their anger and their frustration and their pain from their early uh, trauma. And that is what I think we're talking about here. Okay. God bless you and I uh, hope you're listening to this. I don't know if I'm going to publish this as a, a podcast as it is in this raw format right now or if I'm going to um, make it all nice and uh, then probably take the essence of it out um, or turn it into something else, a little article or something. 
But I, I think maybe my the raw message of this in itself, maybe it, 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 it must be as it is. Because it comes freshly right now. Out of my own experience of pain, as I've been rethinking my life and experiencing my children coming into my life for Christmas time and then just disappearing again as they leave to go back uh, to, to, to their, their mom. And we're divorced. I'm divorced. So these special times, Christmas, Boxing Days, New Year, birthdays with my children, they, ones, they, they're times of great celebration, but they're times of great pain. And what I access during that time is the pain of my little child, my inner child. And the, the, child, the, the child was wounded. They didn't know how to meet his own needs because he, there are some needs of his or her that weren't met by mom and dad. And obviously mom and dad had their own wounds. They had their own issues. But the gift that I have, I need to embrace eventually in a, through a process of healing. Okay, I'm closing now. Thank you very much for listening or reading. And uh, if you need to talk, you know where to get a hold of me.